0: This is HPR episode two thousand two hundred and seventy-eight, entitled "Some Supplementary Bash Tips." It is hosted by Dave Morris and is about forty minutes long and carries an explicit flag. The summary is finishing off the subject of expansion in Bash part one.
1: This episode of HPR is brought to you by anhonesthost.com. Get fifteen percent discount on all shared hosting with the offer code HPR fifteen. That's HPR 15
0: Hello everybody, this is Dave Morris. Welcome to Hacker Public Radio. Well, today I'm doing what seems to be the seventh in a series about Bash. It's gone on quite a long time, actually, I'm surprised. started in 2014, November of that year, and the last episode was was created in, was released in uh, 2016 in June. So it's nearly a year since the last one, coming up to that anyway. So I've been talking about uh, the business of expansion, which is a big topic. Now I thought I was in the, the final straights of this discussion, I thought this would be the last episode, but it turned out that in order to do it justice, the last phase, path name expansion, has, really needs two episodes to, to complete. So this is the first of that pair. So in this episode we'll look at simple path name expansions and a bit about how you can control the way it behaves. Then we're going to look at extended pattern matching in the last episode and um, that'll be it for this particular topic though I'll probably do more bash things in the future. I've done long notes to go with this and I've included the appropriate extracts from the bash manual page at the end of the notes. So there's a convenient place to go and look. I don't know about you, if you ever look at the bash man page, it's huge, and it's not easy to, to navigate and find stuff. So this is why I've done these ex- extractions and stuck them in these notes, just to make it a bit easier to find stuff. The The extract in this episode will also be useful for the next one. So what we're talking about this time is Path name expansion, which is also known as file name expansion or globbing, which I always think is a strange and wonderful name. It's the it's about the expansion of wildcard characters such as the asterisk you will sometimes use when you're referring to file names. So if you typed ls space asterisk dot txt, then you're expecting ls to come back with all of the files. That end with .txt. The asterisk means any file name that, and the other bit says uh, I want this at the end. Now the names glob and globbing, which I still find strange, have an historical origin that I've mentioned here. And in the early days of Unix, this type of wildcard expansion. Was actually performed by a separate program, which was called etc. in etc. glob, and this was an abbreviation of the phrase global command. Then later on, there was a library function glob, which was uh, which replaced this program. And the name, although the whole business has expanded and changed quite a lot since then, developed, evolved then the name still is still used. Operating systems other than Unix and other environments and scripting languages also have a glob pattern idea using wildcard characters. The actual characters often are different from those that you'll see in Bash, but the concepts are very similar, and there's a whole Wikipedia article on this, which I've referenced in the notes. Now one thing to bear in mind is that this process of expansion is not the same as regular expressions. Regular expressions, and I've talked about these in the Learning Sed and the Learning Aux series, are much more sophisticated because you, you can talk, you can describe a lot more about where you want the variable bits to be, whereas the glob patterns are older and, and not as sophisticated. Now this process of wildcard expansion is normally used in the context of file names or paths to files, but they're also used in other contexts as well in Bash. And we actually looked at these when we were looking at parameter and variable expansion in episodes in episode sixteen forty-eight. And I put an example of what we did. We set a variable dir in this particular case to Particular file path slash home slash user, etc. etc. Then the expression echo dollar open curly bracket dir that's that variable we just created hash sign hash sign asterisk slash close curly bracket returned just the last component of that multi element path name. So here the, the asterisk slash matches a part of the path. In the variable dir and because we're using the double hash mark thing it this says strip these away from the front of the string and so what it's actually saying is find all occurrences of anything followed by a slash and remove them so anything followed by a slash is everything up to the last slash and this does the same thing as using the base name command that you probably used to if you're into bash scripting and stuff but this is actually cheaper to run i think because it's all done in bash though it's a bit more convoluted to type perhaps you might argue so for this particular episode and the next one i thought it'd be useful to have a bunch of files to experiment with so i did um, some stuff to create them in a test under a test user i use for this sort of stuff and I've uh, listed the commands I used to do this, so that if you want to, you can follow along. Even if not, you might find it useful. So in the home directory of this account, I typed mkdir, make dir, which makes a directory. And the, the directory I called path name underscore expansion, because it's part of this thing. Then I cd'd into it. Then I typed mkdir, make dir, space, then in curly brackets, a dot dot z. Now you remember we saw this this is a brace expansion we saw this in an earlier episode so what that does is it makes in one pass all of the directories with the lowercase lowercase a through lowercase z. Then the next thing is a for loop for space d space in space and then that brace expansion again so we're now going to loop through all of these directories. Then, because I'm using here a compound command, type, type return at the end, and bash come back, comes back and says, well, I know you haven't finished yet, so here's a different prompt to show that I'm expecting you to type more and then finish the this long command. So the next line is do, so it's part of the for command, which we haven't really looked at, but... Uh, maybe we'll, we will in future. And then within the loop I've got a touch command. Touch is simply a thing that changes the date stamp on a file. It updates the last access date, or if the file doesn't exist it will just create it empty. The path that I've uh, placed after the touch command is $d, so the d variable contains an a or a b or a c etc up to z, followed by dollar and then in curly brackets d followed by in curly brackets a dot dot z that brace expansion again then in curly brackets zero one dot dot five zero close curly bracket dot txt so what that will do is it'll loop through all of these a to z directories it will create files in each one the files will always begin with the letter of the directory followed by another letter a to z followed by a two-digit number in the range 01 to 50, followed by .txt. And the reason I put the d variable in curly brackets the second time I used it is because otherwise there's ambiguity about what the variable name actually is. And in order to disambiguate it, you put curly brackets around it, or braces if you like. So by this means, each directory will contain... 26, number of letters, times 50, which is the number of numbers, uh, files, which is 1,300. And because there's 26 of those, you will end up with 33,800 empty files. Maybe overkill. (laughs) It probably is now I look at it. But uh, the the idea was to have a place where we could um, search for specific file name structures, and uh, in quite a large mass of file. So if we we uh, want to experiment with pattern matching and stuff using these test file, we need to learn about the, the pattern characters. Now, according to the manual page, I've, I've copied a, um, a sentence from there just to, uh, to make it clear, which I'll just read out to you. Bash scans each word for the characters asterisk question mark and open square bracket. If one of these characters appears, then the word is regarded as a pattern and replaced with an alphabetically sorted list of file names matching the pattern. So, so what we're saying here then is, if if you're giving a command to Bash, you're typing something on the command line, then using these these wildcard or pattern characters, then um, you will you will trigger this behaviour summarized the ke- pattern characters a little bit here, although there's a lot more detail in the notes, in the, the manual page extract section sort of appendix to the notes. So an asterisk then matches any string including the null string, so it's a, it can be anything or even nothing. A Question mark matches a single character, so a asterisk is used in regular expressions has somewhat different meaning and as does question mark. And then there's Square brackets around uh, a number of letters. The letters can just be things like A, B, C, but you can also have a range such as A-Z. Not the dot dot thing you get with base expansion, but a hyphen. And what that means is any character that falls between those two characters makes up the, the range. I made the comment as a footnote note that. When this stuff was invented, everything was tending to use ASCII characters. So when you said something like a range of characters, then it just meant you needed to go and look at the ASCII range and you had a fairly limited range of possibilities in there. Nowadays, it's a lot more complicated because we're we're dealing with Unicode characters where there could be a huge number. Depending on what language you're working in, there will be different... Answers coming back. So that gets a lot more complex. We will not dig into that one. But I think it's far too complex for, for um, a, uh, an episode like this. There's a bit more about using these square bracketed expressions. If the first character following the open square bracket is an exclamation mark or a circumflex, then it negates the effect of the range. So then any character not enclosed is matched. The exclamation mark is the POSIX standard. The circumflex is the original way this was done in the early Unix versions, and it's now non-standard, because POSIX is the, is the sort of standard of everything. If you want to match a hyphen, then you just put it at the, at the first or last character in the set. So something like, open square brackets, hyphen A, hyphen Z, close square bracket, means... The characters A through Z and the hyphen. Or you could have put A hyphen Z hyphen, just two different ways. So it, it just removes the meaning um, from, the, from the hyphen as being a, a range definer. If you want to match a closed square bracket as one of the things in these brackets, then you can make it the first character in the set. So you might have open square bracket, closed square bracket. A hyphen Z square bracket. So the first closed square bracket is a character to match. There's a whole range of character classes that can be used in these square brackets, and we've got classes. We've seen these in the intro to SED, um, to I think. Did we do it there? But we've certainly seen it in the orc one open square bracket, colon, then the name of a class, colon, close square bracket, and you have to put that inside square brackets. So, for example, open square bracket, open square bracket, colon, A-L-N-U-M, colon, close square bracket, close square bracket, means, alnum means alphabetic and numeric, which is The range A to Z lowercase, A to Z uppercase, and 0 to 9. So it's a a shorthand way of expressing that. There's a lot more detail there to go into, which I'll leave you to do if you want to, because it's in the manual page extracts at the end. So if we want to refer to all files in the directory A, assuming we're in that top level directory, and we're looking for files which have and a is the second letter then the example is ls space lowercase a slash question mark lowercase a asterisk so looking in directory lowercase a we're looking for files which have any first character followed by a single letter a followed by anything question mark means any character in this particular case, all of the files begin with A anyway, so it's a slightly silly example, but um, it uh, I think it makes the point. The command will return 50 file names, and I've shown something of what might come back um, as a result. So you get A slash AA01.txt, etc, etc. I've used the minus "-w" option to ls which restricts the width of the the number of columns that it returns so that was just really so i could cut and paste the the result into these notes and it wouldn't wrap around the line in ugly ways now as i've already said there is a certain resemblance between these glob patterns and regular expression and uh, you've seen regular expressions in the learning said series and learning org and, and other places Be careful you don't confuse the two. Regular expressions are more powerful, but are not available in Bash when you're expanding um, paths like this. They are available in Bash, but uh, we will will not be looking at those in this particular part of this series. I might come on to them later. I've certainly put a note to cover that subject, but uh, I might never get to that, because I don't know how popular these are anyway. The expansion of these patterns takes place on the command line as we've already discussed and it results in an alphabetical list of path name and it's not i don't know whether most people are aware of this took me a while to discover this when i was a, a unix newbie many years ago if you type the command echo and you follow that with one of these expansion expressions then Echo is actually given by bash a list as a result. So I've given an example here. So if you typed echo space lowercase a slash question mark lowercase a zero star asterisk I mean then you get back a list of uh, names which you don't see but echo then reports them to you. So it says that that particular expression means Files in directory, lowercase a, beginning with any character, followed by an a, and then a zero, and any number of further characters. And um, the result was nine file names, or fi- path names I've written here, which is more precise because it includes the directory. Now, this has been quite, it is an important concept anyway, but it has actually been quite a difficulty in the past. I'm not sure whether later, the current versions of of Bash are so fussy about it, but I've certainly experienced versions of Unix where using SH and Bash, if you generated too many path names or file names on a line as when typing a character, uh, typing a command, I mean, then there were limits to the number of arguments that a given command might be able to accept. So it would be possible to generate thousands and thousands of of, um, path names. And for the command to fail, because you've given it too many, I can remember having to delete many, many files in a directory, for example, many years ago, and uh, there were, there were many tens of thousands of files there and I, you can't, you couldn't then anyway, simply type RM star in that directory because it expands them all and hands them to RM and RM couldn't cope. You had to then had to sub sub subdivide them. There were other ways of doing it, but as a newbie, I fell over that one. So I have not fallen over it in recent years. Possibly because I know to avoid it. But also more likely because Bash has got a lot cleverer with dealing with this type of thing. I was dealing with machines with with limited processing power and limited memory and so forth. So I've demonstrated this business of what actually gets returned using an array. I'm not sure how useful this will be, but I'll just go through it quickly. And uh, it was partly just to, to remind you about arrays, which we covered in an earlier Episode. So I've created a, a, an array which I've called vec. V E C. So I've typed vec equals and then open parenthesis, a slash question mark lowercase a zero star close parenthesis. So it's exactly the same expression as before, except we, we put it into parentheses, and that is an expression. The whole command is one that says. Um, Treat vec, a variable name, as an array. The parenthesized thing, it will return a whole list of stuff which will be popped into successive elements of the array. Next line is echo $open curly bracket hash vec open square bracket at close square bracket close curly bracket. So what that does, I'm sure you remember this from the bash parameter manipulation episode, several years ago um, I'm not serious by the way uh, it, what it does is it says it's a, an array expression but the hash on the front of the array name says tell me the number of elements in the array and the answer comes back as 9 so if you then echo the contents of the array which is dollar open curly bracket VEC open square bracket at close square bracket close curly bracket, then you get that list of nine path names as before. Now it's important to be aware that these pattern expansions don't occur when they're they're quoted because effectively you're hiding them from bash. It's just treated as a verbatim string. And I've got an example of that. Same expression enclosed in double quotes and Um, in an echo command and what you get back is exactly what you put in between the double quotes. Another thing to note that if the pattern doesn't end with a wildcard, that it implies that the bit that ends your pattern has to match the end of the file name. So I've got an example echo space lowercase a I won't keep saying the case because they're all lowercase a slash a a1 star tx and what you get back is exactly what you just typed if you do that again and put a t on the end so it's star txt then you get back a list of file name and the reason is that the the pattern with which ended with txt matched a whole bunch of files the the pattern which ended with TX didn't match anything because there was nothing that ends with TX. If you put an asterisk on the end of it, star TX star, you know what I mean when I say star. <laughs> it's just, guy. Like can't get out of that habit. Then you would have seen all the, the file names. So later on, we'll be looking at how you can control the way in which Bash deals with this type of thing. In particular, what it returns if it finds no matches. So there are a whole bunch of um, options that affect the way that path name expansion works. And in order to to um, switch these on and off, there is a command, S-H-O-P-T, shopped, I suppose you pronounce it. And it's a built-in command, part of the bash shell. So if you simply type S-H-O-P-T, shopt Then you get a list of all of the options that it is aware of with their settings. And there's a lot that we won't be covering here. There's only a small subset of them that relate to expansion. I'll not be looking at these in uh, in a huge amount of detail. So if you type shopped with the name of an option, it returns its current setting. So there is one that we're going to be looking at called .glob, D-O-T-G-L-O-B. So, s-h-o-p-t space dot glob, and you get back the answer dot glob, and then off. Well, in my case, you did. To turn one on, you use shopped minus s, where the s stands for set, just to help you remember. And if you want to switch it off, shopped minus u, name of um, option, shop minus u dot glob will turn it off where u stands for unset so s for switching it on u for switching it off there's also another option to shopped which is minus p so i've got an example shopped minus p space dot glob space fail glob two of the things we're going to look at shortly and it comes back with the command form and um, for setting these things so it comes back with shopped minus u glob shopped minus u glob. so at that point they're both off and it provides the commands for switching them off so the assumption is you would you would do this you would save the result somewhere or other and then you would fiddle around with these options and then to reset them to the previous state you could um, execute those commands from your script. So let's look at the list of options which relate to path name expansion. .glob was the one we already mentioned without explaining it. This controls where the files begin with a dot are returned by path name expansion. Normally they're not. So if we create, um, we haven't got any dot files at the moment, if we create one, touch space a slash dot and then I called it dot file without really thinking about how that would sound when I spoke it out so it's full stop or period d-o-t-f-i-l-e and that's how you would create an empty one. Such files are called hidden because many parts of the operating system don't show them unless you particularly ask them. But finding them with wildcards will fail so this is an example l-s- space a slash asterisk dot asterisk and it says ls cannot access no no such file or directory so you think oh i'm sure i've got one just created it why can't i find it ls space a slash question mark dot that'll cover it won't it question mark dot asterisk get the same answer back cannot access repeats the expression you used no such file or directory okay so the question mark didn't match it, the asterisk didn't match it. So what about if I put a full stop in brackets? ls space a slash open square bracket dot close square bracket dot asterisk. No, cannot access no such file or directory. Now uh, if, you're, um, if you understand ls, you use ls, you will know that there is a minus a option to ls which shows hidden files. Will that solve the problem? Well, it doesn't really. It doesn't because if you're using a wildcard expression with it, then the expression will be the thing that's handed, or the expanded version of the expression will be handed to, to LS. And um, it, it, it will not find the, uh, adop- the file with the, the leading full stop. So LS is simply given this pattern which it treats as a file name and then it goes looking for a file called asterisk dot asterisk or any of the other ones we we experimented with and it can't find it. If you simply did ls minus a and finished there then you would see the file but you'd have to plow through all the others as well. However, if we switch on this dot glob thing by typing the command shopped space minus s space d-o-t-glob dot glob then we do ls space a slash asterisk d-o-t asterisk yay we see it a slash dot d-o-t-f-i-l-e so as i say here in the notes if we if we simply did ls minus a then we'd see 1300 files in that directory and it might be Easy to miss the fact that there is a dot file in. I know it's artificial, but these are, these can be the sort of situations that you will bump into. So I show an example here where I use the ls command. ls minus one minus one simply means uh, output everything in a single column rather than multiple columns across the, the screen. Minus a space a so look in the directory a, checking returning all the so-called hidden files and do it in one column then I pipe that into tail minus three and um, the answer is we see az49.txt az50.txt and then dot d-o-t-f-i-l-e. As I said here as, as a Unix newbie I did struggle with this issue quite a lot as did many of my colleagues which we were all learning unix at the same time because we've got Lam- lamb with various unix systems how the hell are you supposed to do this and it was not clear and the manual man pages didn't really explain it and so on and so forth so if you ever get faced with this this is a thing to remember so let's go on with some more of these shopped options extglob ex-glob. Controls extended pattern matching features. I'm not going to look at them this time. We'll check check them out next time, probably quite quickly, because I doubt whether they're that useful. But I just thought I ought to cover them. Not convinced they're useful anyway. Maybe I'm wrong. Next one, fail glob. This controls whether an error is produced when a pattern fails to match. So the sort of examples we've seen so far is when a pattern matches nothing, you simply get the pattern back. So we'll see how how this can be done. So I've got an example where we use shopped space minus s fail glob, so we're setting it and we do ls space a slash a50 asterisk and we get back there is one file and it's called aa50.txt Whoopee. Then we do ls space a slash fifty one asterisk, well, there's no such file actually, and we get back an error, a bash error which begins hyphen bash colon, no match, and then the pattern. If we switch it off, shot space minus u space fail glob, and then we do that, we look for this AA51 file, which doesn't exist, then we get back ls cannot access. The pattern no such file or directory so ls has been given the string a slash a 51 asterisk and it goes looking for a file of that name and can't find it so with fail glob on you get an error if the expansion can't match a file with fail glob off when no match happens you simply get the pattern returned to you which causes ls to have slight um, brain fa- failure failure there is a problem with this, though. Failglob has other effects that might not be entirely desirable. If you are like me and you use tab for command completion and so forth and file name completion, then it affects that. because it it uh, messes with the mechanism underneath it that's used by, by uh, tab completion. So I don't think I'd recommend using it. In fact, to be honest... A lot of these options are are just curiosities, as far as I can see. The need for them is fairly limited, unless you're way out there in the the extremes of writing bash scripts and so forth. So I've I've sort of preempted the punchline here, but never mind. Next one, just go through them pretty quickly, I think, now. Global ASCII... Glob, sorry, ASCII Ranges. Glob ASCII Ranges is the, the option name. And... If you set this on, it disables the use of co- the collating sequences of the current locale and refers to traditional ASCII. So that's that business of bracket expressions like A-Z in square brackets. So here's me doing a test: mkdir test, cd test. Then I touch a file which is an A with an accent. I touch a file called B. Then I set. Glob ASCII ranges on with a minus S, shopped minus S. Then I type LS, square brackets, A, hyphen, B, close square brackets. And all I see is B, because the ASCII ranges does not include the file name with an accent on it. I switch off Glob ASCII ranges, shopped, space, minus U, space, Glob ASCII ranges, LS, the same thing, square bracket, A, hyphen, B, close square bracket, then I see the accented a and the b and so forth. I don't know why you would use that. I've never ever used. It. Not that I'm the absolute uh, be all and end all, but I can't. <laughs> I don't have enough imagination to think of why I'd need it. This next one, glob stars, might be a bit more useful. In this case, you if you switch it on you have an extra pattern which is two asterisks which causes recursive scanning of directories in a pattern matching process so my example here uses I create some more directories so obviously I didn't create enough the first time around did I no never mind so I create make dir, dir, dir 1 and then inside that, dir2, and inside that, dir3. So I've got a path, dir1 slash dir2 slash dir3, and I've used the minus p option to make dir, which is the way you tell it to make all the directories at once. Then I touch a file, some files. There's a file called test.tmp and a file called readme. In, inside the, the lowest directory, dir3, there's... You're not going to be able to get this if you listen to this on the bus, but never mind. There's a. have d- hopefully described it well enough in the in the notes. created a bunch of files anyway, some at the various levels of these directories. I used the tree command, which I think JWP did a show on, which is a really nice command. I've used tree on dir1, which is the top-level directory, and it shows this nice picture, graphical sort of picture on the command line of dir1 with a file in it, dir and a directory in it, and dir2 under dir1 with some files in it and another directory in it, and dir3 underneath dir2 two with two files in it. So the point of doing that was so we can list files in this tree structure using the double asterisk thing. We'll use echo to do this. so you see the results without going through ls, which complicates the issue a little bit. So my example is shopped minus s glob star, and echo asterisk asterisk slash asterisk dot tmp so it returns the path dir1 slash dir2 slash dir3 slash test dot tmp which you probably only really get understand by seeing the picture and uh, so this is not it's the only real way to demonstrate it i think but it's a it's not the, the best one if all you're doing is listening to this while you're driving or something. Anyway, it shows all of the files which end in .tmp in all, th- all of the, the different directories. And there's one in each directory, subdirectory. If you follow the double asterisk by a, a slash, then only directories are matched. So echo space dir1 slash asterisk asterisk. I'll say it now, slash, then you see the directory structure listed out on the line. You can do the same with ls, but when you do that, it also lists the contents of each directory as it, as it traverses them. If you switch glob star off and try and do that first echo, asterisk, asterisk, slash, asterisk, dot, tmp, then you only see one of them. It doesn't recurse through all of the um, directories. So this is mildly useful, but I think I would not recommend using it unless you really want to get... Well, maybe it's beyond my uh, pay grade anyway, but uh, I don't use it. If I want to find weird and wonderful stuff in the directory hierarchy, I would use the find command, which I am not going into details of, but I've put an example of in the notes. I think somebody's done this. Maybe Dan did this in his uh, in the Shell series. Did he cover find? I can't remember. We definitely need to... to um, There needs to be something on the HPR site that covers find because it's an amazingly powerful command. So, if you want to do that one, feel free. So, we've got some more. Well, two more. No case glob we've got. Normally, the path name expansion is case sensitive. If we set no case glob... On, then it isn't. Shall I just leave it at that, rather than go into all these details? I think y- you probably prefer if I, if I if I don't drill down any further with that one. It I have put some some worked examples in the notes. Null glob n u l l g l o b. We saw before that when when you when a pattern matches nothing, the pattern's return which means the command might treat it as, as if it's an actual path name. We saw ls doing this a lot. If you switch null glob on, then instead of doing that, you get back a null string. So often that's more useful. And again, I, I think this is sufficiently obscure that I won't go into, into it in any more detail, but there are more details in the notes. So let's let's draw a conclusion at this point then where... We're fairly long already, so it's important to understand pathname expansion in Bash. It's important for effective use of the command line for writing Bash scripts and so forth. It's good to know this, and it's good to know that you can control its behavior a bit. But I'd say that really only dot glob is is the important one. And then when we go to the next episode, we'll look at some of the um, the expansion issues in relation to extended pattern matching operators which are a new newish addition to bash we'll have a look at that then there's a whole bunch of references back to the previous shows in the links section to learning said learning or and a few references which go into some detail about glob patterns which you might find more useful than what i've just told you but um hopefully they'll uh, fill in any gaps all right i'm going to call it quits at that point okay then bye <laughs>